This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We've paused a fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending megabucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. On this episode of Inside Supercars, we go on the ground at Townsville and speak to James Golding engineer, Jeff Doc Slater, about small teams and success in Townsville. No, it is a very difficult track and I mean, I've, I've been in a smaller team that has achieved the podium with Shane and Techno. So it's achievable. Uh, we just have to, as I said, it, it's basically minimizing mistakes. Uh, this year there's been a lot of sprint races. Qualifying near the front pretty much dictates where you're going to finish. We look at wild cards, SVG and a lot more with Doc Slater. And it starts now. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Revell, and we're joined by a man who uh, has uh, had a testing time this year, but uh, nevertheless, Jeff Slater, aka Doc, welcome back to Inside Supercars. Thank you for having me. Terrific to have you back. You've uh, been in the sunshine and you're back up there again. Not that the sunshine is something we know much about down south here, but you've been and had a look around the track, shall we start with, just talking about what happened there, but minor change to the setup in that Matt Cook's gone on personal leave. Peter Zabiris is stepping up for you as a team manager, so to speak. Yeah, so th- this round, Matt's not here. Matt, Matt is on personal leave, so... Peter's going to step in and touch and, and lead the team to hopefully a victory, a victory this weekend. One thing that you have got back this weekend is a man you know quite well, Blake Smith. You've worked with him quite a bit, and he's back with Tim Slade again this weekend. He, he is. He's uh, been around for a few rounds with us. He was at the Grand Prix in Tasmania. Um, I've worked with Blake at, at several other teams. I have great respect for him, and he and Tim got along really well, so it's great to have Blake back on board guiding the 23. This uh, racetrack where things changed last year when Premier was last there, Gary Jacobson was out of the team, and of course it's a whole new setup now because you've got Tim on board beside James Golding. You'd be pretty pumped up and looking forward to this weekend, I imagine. Uh, absolutely. I think um, the, the street track definitely suited us last year, and this was was Jimmy's first track last year, and he was just you know, only out a few bugs, but by the time we got to the Gold Coast and, and Adelaide, now, we had a top 10 package, so and Newcastle was no different. You know, Newcastle, we had a top 10 car as well. So 
Car's been good. We've had a lot of bad luck and a lot of dumb luck this year, but hopefully we can convert a couple of top 10 qualifyings into good, solid you know, top 10, top five results. Okay. Now, you've already had a, a look around the track. Uh, much changed from last year? Not really. I mean, the track looks fairly similar to what it was last year. Okay. It, it, it's a track that actually has sped up over the years. Um, you know, we're now down to about the one thirteens, I think, or one maybe 11s or something like that, maybe a high 11. Uh, it depends on what tyre. <laughs> last year it was a hard and a super yeah. soft tyre. The year before was a soft tyre. So we're back on the soft tyre. It's good to have the one compound. Um, and it, it just it simplifies the strategy that, that, that us engineers need to approach with. Are there anything elements change? You've, you've, the team's been improving in terms of pit stops. You've been climbing your way up. The guys have actually had a couple of poor race meetings, but early on, of course, you uh, showed some great speed at Newcastle. You're, you're pretty pumped up for what you think is going to be a good uh, performance? Yeah, absolutely pumped. I mean, we, we've had strong qualifying results um, in, with both cars, um, we've had you know, mildly strong race results. You know, we've been top ten. We've got good pace to be there. We've just had a lot of bad mistakes and, and things go against us along the way. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a few other teams that have <laughs> the same sob story that we might have. But ultimately, the performance is in our car, so we just need to maximise that. And as they say, minimise the mistakes and see what we get. Townsville Track has only had four teams ever win there, with the what we saw at Darwin at the last meeting, the pressure's on for all the teams that haven't got a win yet to step up. But history tells us that small teams don't have a, a chance in hell of getting onto the podium even. No, it is a very difficult track. And I mean, I've been in a smaller team that has achieved the podium with Shane and Techno. So it's achievable. Uh, we just have to, as I said, it, it's basically minimising mistakes. Uh, this year there's been a lot of sprint races. Qualifying near the front pretty much dictates where you're going to finish. So we need to, you know, first of all, qualify, get a good result from that and just um, come up with a solid strategy that enables us to, to compete with the top guys. Going back to the long race, is that something that you think will really suit Jimmy in the way he goes about structuring his race? I, I think so. I mean, at race two at Newcastle, I think Jimmy really you know, drove extremely well. Um, he, again, you know, he'd been out of it for a couple of years, coming back in, uh, just trying to manage the tyres, manage the fuel. Uh, he had a small stall in our pit stop, which cost us potentially a chance at the podium there. So he's more hungry than ever to try and you know, prove that he's worthy of getting onto that podium. As somebody who, in fact, was the, the man in the corner with Shane Van Gisbergen when he left Stone Brothers and was signed up by Techno, had you know terrific early success there, you, you must have had an enormous amount of uh, pride in seeing what Shane did at uh, Chicago last weekend. I think it was a fantastic job for Shane. You know, he, he held the flag up for supercars. For international drivers going into a, a category that is you know, dominated by U.S. drivers in particular, um, but it was his wheelhouse, as they say. You know, he's going in there to a street track. It was a damp track, um, required you know, precision braking, which is Shane is one of Shane's strengths. So, one, it was great to see Shane deliver, and the the adulation 
um, on his face when he got out of the car, the joy that he had. Um, it, it was great to see him in that, in that mindset. It was a reminder of old times, wasn't it? He is a, a natural driver and obviously somebody who doesn't have to work at it too hard, but he does actually work at it very hard. He's not somebody who just takes it for granted, does he? It, Shane, Shane is probably the most gifted driver I've seen that works incredibly hard at it. I've not met anyone who works as hard as what Shane does. And, you know, he is a, a student to racing. All he does is watch motorsport races, wants to drive, is in a sim driving. His whole life is motorsport. So it's great to see, you know, him shining through. I remember a conversation I had with Marcus Ambrose in which I told him that he was only the fourth non-American born driver to win a NASCAR race. Andretti, of course, uh, Mario Andretti was one of them. He was Italian born, of course, even though he did have dual citizenship. Um, and now, of course, Shane has become the sixth non-American driver. Um, and the extraordinary thing is he's the first in 60 years to win on debut. That's an extraordinary thing to do, isn't it? Absolutely. But I know Shane, Shane went in there well prepared. Uh, he had a great team around him. Um, and Shane delivers what we know Shane can deliver. Being on the ground in Townsville, have you had a chat, chance to talk with Shane as yet? Uh, not yet. Hopefully over the weekend I'll uh, go and see him and congratulate him on his success. Because one of the other elements that he had in his corner, of course, was his race engineer from the last year and a half or so is uh, Andrew Edwards. And that would have been something that would have been worthwhile given the format of the race, the style of the track, and actually the strategy that was used in order to give Shane that moment in the race when he could go for the uh, fastest laps and, and, and hunt down the, the pack to get through. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure Andrew has probably downplayed the significance of his role in it, but uh, for, for sure having Andrew in Shane's corner over there. And, uh, I mean, Dorian Grubb, the, the guy who ran the car, is also a highly experienced crew chief. I mean, it was a, a good crew around Shane, but you know, Shane delivered where he had to. Now, being on the ground there, is uh, the town, Townsville, is it as usual, is welcoming and it looks like going to be a very large weekend? Uh, it, it is always great to be up in Townsville at this time of year and um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how the weekend plays out. I mean, there's obviously a whole bunch of new things coming around. For instance, the parity adjustment has come for the Mustangs after uh, it panned out that there was a trigger point that uh, it was done. It wouldn't seem to be making a, a, a massive difference, but it might just make that little bit to get a Mustang actually on the podium again. Well, don't forget that Will Davidson was on the podium at Darwin. So, you know, the, the Mustang yeah. uh, has ha, Mustang has had a deficit to the, the Chev. Uh, I, I'm on the Chev team, so naturally I think that the, the parody at the start of the year was – in a reasonable position. Um, so, yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll judge it on that until I see what, what happens, transpires over the weekend. The other piece of news that's just come out today, broke news today, was the fact that there have been two additions to the wild card for Bathurst and Sandown. That's fantastic news. 28 cars for the Enduros uh, with both DJR for the first time. I can't remember the last time they ran a, a wild card or even a third or second car in that way. It's an extraordinary thing for DJs to do it, but then Blanchard's as well. They're 
there are things uh, happening that uh, suggest that Blanchard could be a two-car team in 2024. Well, I think it's great for Blanchard. It's it's great to see a single team try and grow. Um, I I know it, it's more economically viable to run the two cars than the single car. I mean, it's a huge effort just to put one car there. So having this the sister car there to learn from actually you know, helps the team progress. Uh, as for for DJR, it's it's great to see them have a wild card. I think last time they had a third car was back when they had Webby back in 2010, but uh, not in a, a wild card position. Doc, one of the interesting things about the supercar series, and it's highlighted by the fact of Shane racing in NASCAR. The posted purse for the NASCAR race in Chicago was 17 something million dollars. At least when you're putting in a wild card, which is what Shane's car was, you've got to crack at getting a big chunk of that 17 million dollars when you finish first. Yeah. Yet in Australia, you put a wild card in, you're running for the uh, the glory. Yeah, I mean, that's the Australian market is we run for the glory. You know, we want the trophy at the end of the day. And I mean, for us, it goes a long way being able to hold up the, the Peter Brock trophy at Bathurst. But um, yeah, there's no <laughs> monetary uh, reward for us at the end of the day. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure you've got a lot of work to do for a big weekend in Townsville. Two 250k races, qualifying practice. All the very best of luck. We hope it goes very well for you and James and Tim and Peter Zemiris. Look at Looking forward to watching the results. I'm sure that everyone else around Australia will be in the same way, hoping that uh, Premier and Newland Racing come home in a very strong position. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Craig. We hope so too. <laughs> Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.